Good evening, good evening on Sunday night. Oh my word, trust you had a phenomenal Sunday and a weekend. Our services was phenomenal wherever everybody preached. If it's the 8 o'clock, the 9.30 services, 10 o'clock services, 4 o'clock, and right now at 6 o'clock, there's two services. This one, the live broadcasting, and the one in Franschhoek with Pastor Ulla. So trust you had this glorious day, a day never to settle for less. Now we're busy with a theme this whole month, talking on, follow me and I will make you. Now that's a powerful statement. And I want to help you tonight with something. Because whatever Jesus said, there was a mission. It, nothing in life happened just haphazardly. It was a divine plan from Genesis chapter 3 until Jesus made the statements, until he was crucified, buried, resurrected, ascend and seated and sent the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of all truth, to lead and guide us in this phenomenal truth of the Father. Now Jesus made a powerful thing one time, and there in the book of Matthew, he said, Matthew chapter 16, now if you start in the book of Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, man shall not live from bread alone, uh, but from every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, he will be sustained. He will live a victorious life. He will live a life of overcoming. He will not be in survival mode because last weekend we spoke on and that pastor lead did not preach a powerful message. And in this week, the statement he made, one of the attorneys of America made powerful now the iron gates is going to be pulled down. What the enemy meant for harm in your life, God always turned it around for the good. Now in Matthew 16, after Jesus said, we live from every word. Now listen what he says here, because in chapter 4, verse 19, he gave the invitation, follow me and I will make you. Now in chapter number 6, he says in verse 19, and then he goes to verse 33. Now, all the way he said powerful stuff, but things that stands out. Matthew 16, 19. I will give you the keys. Somebody say keys. Of the kingdom of heaven. The word kingdom means the king's domain. So what Jesus was saying I will give you the king's domain's keys. He says, whatever doors you, you lock on earth shall be locked in heaven. And whatever doors you open on earth shall be open in heaven. Turn to somebody and say that you lost your keys. Sometimes we misplace our keys. Sometimes we need to remind it about where is our keys. Now, this is very important stuff. If you can understand, you have the keys of the king's domain. That's why in Revelation chapter 1, Jesus said, when John saw him, he said, he's the king of all kings. So you are a king, according to Peter. But he said, my word, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, 
<laughs> That's what you are. What does a king do? He made us kings and priests. He's a ruler. Say, I am a ruler. And then in John, uh, Revelation chapter 3, now John is in that same spirit on, in the Lord's day. And then Jesus said something to him so powerful that you cannot overlook. He said, Revelation chapter 3 from verse 7 to 8. Jesus said, I hold the key of David in my hand. I hold the key of David in my hand. The doors, now listen what it says, the doors that I unlock and open, no one can close. And any doors that I shut and lock, no one will ever be able to open. Now I know everything you have done. So look, I am placing before you an open door. Oh, my word, that no one can shut. So say, before me is open door. Nobody can shut it because I have the keys of the king's domain. Now, listen, this is a powerful part. He says, I know that you are not very strong. Oh, my word. Didn't the covered thing reveal people's hearts and intentions and motives and where they are in their spiritual walk and where how they think and how they operate because the message is don't alter God's plan for your life. That's so easy to change the dynamics, what Jesus already paid for. He says, I know that you are not very strong, but you have kept my word, kept my word, and you have been faithful to me. <laughs> Two powerful statements that God is very important to God, to kept his word and to remain faithful to that word. It doesn't say to your emotions or by your circumstances or by what you feel right now or what you have left over or what you are going through. He said, you have kept my word and you have been faithful to powerful, powerful, powerful ingredients. Now, the message tonight is, don't alter God's plan because there's a wicked one. Now people say, oh, the devil doesn't exist. Oh, that, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can tell you he's out there. <laughs> and the Bible doesn't say assist him. It says resist him. Your warfare, the thing you battle in your mind, battle in your life, is not against flesh and blood. People are not your problem. What's happening in the world? There's a bigger spirit world behind this than anything else. So, but we have the victory according to Ephesians chapter 6. The enemy's strategy is to build up a stronghold in your mind. And what you think is what you're going to be. What you think is the direction your life is going to go. That's why last Sunday morning we spoke on what drives you in life. Is it money, fame, people, opinions? Oh, my word, past hurts, disappointments. Uh, who owns you what? You, 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 you. Cannot be driven by those things. You cannot be driven by things that happened 20 and 30 and last year and yesterday and this morning. 
because you only have time till midnight tonight to let it go. His promises are new every morning. Now the three things, and during the keys of faith I spoke this week, the enemy is after your birthright. You are new in Christ. And he hates for you to discover who you are, what you are, what you can do, what you can achieve, (laughs) who you can become, and what you can have. That's why the prophet Uzziah came and he didn't say, oh my word, because of the devil, because of this. He says, because of a lack of knowledge, my people perish. One translation in the Isaiah says, because of a lack of knowledge, my people, God's people are in captivity. They become slaves. Isn't the world caught up? in a slavery mentality of excuse that I am alive. Now, we all go through stuff. We all experience stuff. But it's how you respond to it that's going to depend where you're going to end in life. One time, I took a glass and I filled it half with water. And you ask people, some say it's half empty. Other people say it's half full. I choose to say it's half full. I'm not going to look at the empty. I'm looking at the full. (laughs) The three things the enemy tries to hinder you in your life, in your personal life. You have the keys. You're valuable. You're powerful. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. Now that's for all of us. Depends the level of your revelation. What you believe is what you're going to become. And, uh, oh my word, he made you a new creature. He gave you the greatest ministry on the face of the earth. Ministry of reconciliation. And he made you his own representative, the ambassadors of Christ. Second Corinthians chapter 5 from verse 17 till verse 20. Exactly state what I just said. Now the three things that the enemy is to alter your life. He doesn't. That's why it's after that you must alter your life. Is number one. He doesn't want you to move up into new levels, uh, into God's greatness. There's a good life, but there's a great life. God didn't call you for the good life. There's so many good people, and they have good lives, and they have whatever achieved. But that's not your mission. Your mission in life is to have a great life. Somebody say great life. Because (laughs) if it's only a good life... Good life didn't change the nations. Good life with so many, 80, what, 5% of Christians in South Africa didn't change this nation. All these other factors are ruling and damaging and burning and killing and murdering and cause depression. Oh, my word. That can be a good life. But the great life says, I live above my circumstances. I live in a now world with a now word, with a now experience, with the now kingdom of heaven keys in my hands. And I have the authority. Say, I am a person of authority. Now, the three things, and I want to be short tonight, is number one, doesn't want you to move up to new levels. He doesn't want you to make changes in life. 
Life is made out of a choice and then the change. He loves people to be the old, same old, same old, same old. The fact that all this stuff are happening in the world, the riots and the burnings and the, the same old, they don't change because things has moved on. The third thing, why the enemy doesn't want you to, my word, experience this greatness. He doesn't want you to change the history from good to great. Now, the question is, what's the benefits if I can move up into greater level, make changes, and change the history of my personal life, my family, and the nations of the world? Because then I am no longer led by emotions and by feelings and by whatever by what I have and my shortage and the poorness of the world. And the, I am moved now by the Holy Spirit of God. And the benefits are, I have godly protection against the vials of the enemy. I have God's backing. He backs it up because he's alive over his word. And number three, it's, it's a... It's a comfortable ride. It's not depressed and oppressed and compressed and, oh, excuse why I am living. No, it's easy to love the life. If you understand, you have the creator of heaven and earth backing you up. Come on, somebody. <laughs> you got his protection. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And the fourth thing, the devil is rendered powerless because of the word of God, no weapon, no weapon, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now let me give you what, what factors let me alter God's purpose, God's plan, the great life for my life. And there's certain things because what you don't know can harm you. You can put retex there and in a little ice cream bowl, and if a baby gets it, he doesn't care about it. He will pull his face, but he eat it. It's fatal. It will kill him. Now, it's the same what you don't know. There's a lack of information is the problem. Hosea 4, that I quoted in the beginning, verse 6, because of a lack of knowledge. Knowledge is power, but not knowing knowledge, applying the knowledge. Now, what's the thing? The lack of knowledge is the first thing that can alter my life. That's why people run from this to this to the next one, to the next word, the next prophet, the next... They, they run, they run. They all they have a long list because the gospel is simple. <laughs> we try to make it complicated. Oh, my word. Sometimes all the messages I get... And I think this person that shares this message, is he busy with the basics? That's the strongest foundation to love God with all of your heart, all of your strength, all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the basic. Everything comes out of that. If you don't love God, if you don't love people, if you don't love yourself, and when I say love yourself, I don't mean in a self-centered way. I mean, 
Love yourself because you're God's creature. Live your, love yourself as God loves you. And he sees potential in you. You're going to make it. So the first thing, how we alter the, our lives. And because we said there's just two important dates in your life. The day when you were born and the day when you discover why were you born or what for were you born. If you don't know these importance of these things, your life will just go up and down haphazard. And uh, when you're alive, you wish you're dead. And when you're close to death, you wish you're alive. And, and that's, that's how people live. Oh, my word, I refuse to live like that. So lack of knowledge will alter your life. Number two, plans fabricated in religious mindsets and not out of a relationship according to the word of God. If you try to live your life out of a religious mindset and not out of a relationships mindset, you will read every book on the market. You will follow everybody's revelation. You will follow everybody that had an experience in heaven and not one lines up. And I'm not saying people don't have that experiences, but you will not be the person God designed you to be as a champion, an overcomer and a winner. The third thing that can alter your life is performance. Oh, my word. I perform so much with no significant impact. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and we all can preach. I mean, I was wild in my younger days of preaching. But was there impact? Did it change lives? Did it motivate people to believe bigger? Operate in a greater dimension of the greatness of God. To demonstrate Jesus more. If not, it was in vain. It was a religious mindset. Because the religious mindset years ago is, ladies wear hats, no makeup, don't pull your eyebrows. Men wear black shoes, railway shoes with a, a black suit, a white tie. And if you're not a deacon or an elder, you wear a color. Oh, and also a plain color, not vibrant colors. And that's how we thought we were holy before God. Religious garbage brought nations in big trouble because it put you in a comfort zone and let you operate with limited potential. What does God want? Why were I born? I was made by God, for God. For what reason? If I was made by God, for God, so that he can love me, so that I can be the channel that God can use on the face of the earth to demonstrate Satan's defeat. The fourth thing is busyness. We sometimes in such religion, busyness, so busy with the things of God that we're not busy with God. And all over the world, people are busy, busy. They carry the name Christian, but we have by war, <laughs> diluted the word Christian. Christian means Christ-like. <laughs> Not just have a, a nice religious face and dress up nicely and go through life and have found fault with everybody and let everybody know I'm a... No, that doesn't mean anything. 
you have the keys. And the keys got lost somewhere. It gathered dust. And now we move from relationship to religion. I know. In the 70s while I preached, I was a backslider. And God had miracles. People got saved. And when I walked out of that meetings, I said to myself, I only fooled myself. God honor his word because he's faithful to his word with all the signs, wonders, and miracles because I must let myself. That's what the Bible says you can do. If you're not a doer of the word, you must lead yourself, nobody else. That's why you cannot just do it and be busy, 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 busy and think that's the thing. No, you God has a plan for you. We need to work. We need to be busy. But busy with the father heart. When the mother of Jesus, Joseph and Mary, traveled how many days away? What, two, three, four days? Then they discovered Jesus. He was 12 years old. It's not with them. They had to do the journey back. And then they say, boy, what are you doing? And he said, don't you know that I'm busy with my father's business? <laughs> that tells us a big story. The fifth thing is when we self-centered. It's all about me, how important I am, how important my name is. Me, myself, and I, the evil trinity. Oh, preachers, don't get in that. Don't get in that. That will cost you. It will keep you going for a time, but you will be a miserable being at the end. It's all about other people. When you say, I'm hand over to God, it means I'm hand over to people. It's all about his kingdom, all about his business. I need to be involved in what God is doing. That's why it's so important. I cannot alter my life by following these wrong attributes and think I'm going to impact the world. Now, I want to bring you to something. If we were created, God's got eternal purposes, and I'm closing. There's seven eternal purposes why you and I are on the face of the earth. God knows the end from the beginning. He worked out every detail of your life. The Bible says he's numbered your hair. He knows your days. He knows what goes up in your mind. Nothing takes God by surprise. Oh, my word. <laughs> the psalmist said, there's not a word even out of my mouth. And God, you already know what I'm going to say. He said, before you or when you pray, before you ask, I know it. And while you're asking, I'm answering you. That's how important it is. Now, the seven eternal purposes of God is all about the one is I need to live it. In other words, in a mindset, made up mind, that this is the reason why I was created by God, for God. And the other one is, I need to do it. Seven eternal purposes, by knowing and living it and by doing it, I am fulfilling the great grand design, what God placed me on the face of the earth. Now remember what Jesus said in John chapter 10. I am the door. He's the door. He said there's no other way how you can enter in except through 
the door. And you and I need to get through the door. So Jesus, and when you enter through the door, because the door that you enter through is the direction your life is going to go. He said, anybody that doesn't come through the door is a thief and a robber. Wow. So Jesus is the door. I need to know what he planned, what he said, what his purpose was, his assignment, because through him, God did it for me. John chapter 10, Jesus said, he said he's the good shepherd. Then he spoke about the wolves <laughs> and hirelings. Now we never speak about wolves. So there can be a wolf mentality, a wolf nature. There can be a hireling. That's not what's going to give you a great life. A great life is when you walk and you know him as your shepherd, the good shepherd. And in verse 10, he says, now he revealed the strategy, the person, the thing, that the condition, the, the spiritual force in this world that's already defeated. But that's after your birthright. Because remember the three things we said that Satan wants to hinder in your life. You know you are chosen. You're God's vessel. You know God gave you the key. Jesus said, I gave it to you, the king's domain. Genesis 1, he gave you authority, dominion, jurisdiction, rulership. And then he gave you the power of seed. He fights these two things. He made seed a God in people's lives. And that's why you cannot be driven by anything except the love of God. God loves you so much. All your mistakes, all your shortcomings, all your faults, all your flaws. Oh my word, this week I'm going to share how to turn your mistakes into miracles in the keys of faith. Now, and then when Jesus said, and he said there, he said, the thief comes only. The word only. That's his motive. That's how he operate. That's the only thing he can do. In order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that they. I want to show you who are the they ones. That they may have and enjoy life. So what does God want you? He wants you to enjoy life. Christian life is not a sad, sour face, unhappy, depressed, oh, compressed. And oh, I must go to church. No, it's exciting life. Because you're a carrier of salt and light and the life of God and the love of God in your life. He says that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Now, let me just give you John chapter 1. It says in the beginning, verse 1, before all time was the word, Christ and the word was with God. And the word was God himself. He was present originally with God. Reading from the Amplified. All things were made and came into existence through him. All things were made and came into existence through him. I was created by God for God. So that God can enjoy me. And without him was not even one thing made 
that has come into being. <laughs> In him was life, the Zoe of God, the ones that Jesus came to give you, John chapter 10, verse 10. And the life was the light of Men. Now, just that word, the light of men, I've never seen it that way. That can preach. That's why you're the light. That's why less of you, not self-centered, more of Jesus, that they can see the light. And the light shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it, put it out or absorbed it or uh, my word, <coughs> and is unreceptive to it. There came a man sent from God, and then it says about John. Now it says this man came and all the things and then spoke about Jesus. This Jesus became flesh. And then he says, this is the day in verse 12. Oh, let me read verse 11. He came to that which belonged to him, to his own, his domain, his creation, things and world. And they who were his own did not receive him. Did not receive him and did not welcome him. But to as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, the power, the privilege, the right to become the children of God. That's that John chapter 10, the they. Those who believe, adhere to, trust in, and rely on his name. Who own their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh that are physical impulse. Nor to the will of man that of a natural father. But to God, they are born of God. Say, I am born of God. Say, you are born of God. See, that's what the enemy hates you to discover. That you were born of God. You were called by God. Designed by God. Now if I do the seven action things. In other words. It's not knowing it. It's not just hearing it. It does not say Sunday mornings. Amen. It's living at 24-7. Then I move from good. To a great significant life. The life of God. I let the office made a little paper, and this is designed on that. And it says, God's way of doing things. God's way, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Then, first do things as God is doing. Then everything will be added unto your life. I said to somebody the other day, I didn't inherit nothing. Whatever I inherit from whoever I gave it away. I had to work. I had to believe. I had to sow myself into what God has brought us into right now. Quickly, the seven things. Oh, my word, this is a record night. <laughs> because in Matthew 4, 19, and he said to them, follow me as my disciples. How must we follow Jesus as his disciples, what is a disciple? A learner. Somebody learn how to love life. He says, accepting me as your master. A master is a ruler and teacher. Somebody that you can learn from. And teaching the same path of life 
that I walk. <laughs> this is so powerful. And I will make you fishers of men. Quickly, the seven things. Number one, I was called by God, and I'll go on that on Sunday to be loved. God loves you so much. You were created by God in the book of Revelation and for God so that God can enjoy you. He created you because you was the first object of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He loved us so that he gave Jesus so through his death that we might experience that love. That means I'm a worshiper with all of my heart. Everything I do, if I can just get this message through, everything I do, some people just do things for a paycheck and just for a position and just to be important. We know very influential people. That doesn't, I don't do name dropping. It doesn't bother me. Because whose life can I impact? I must be a worshiper. Everything I do is worship unto the God. Number two, I'm called to belong. God never called you this new theory and new revelations. It's demonic. T.D. Jakes did the research and he said they found out 72% of people belonging in local congregations will never return back to the church because during the lockdown time, they think they can make it on their own. They, and that was the set of the enemy, a booby trap to get people out of a many member body. Ephesians chapter 4, the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, and the pastor was given to build up, to do what? To build up, to equip the saints. To whom was the letter written? To the global church? No! First to the local church, then to the global. If I don't belong to the local, I will never understand the global. Everybody said, Oh, the global church, but they, where you go? No, I'm the church myself. I know what you try to say. Theologically, I know. But God created you for a family. The father needs a family. That's why he created Adam and Eve. Jesus, the son came. God manifested in the flesh. He needed a bride. That's why the church is called the bride. Then he went and he said, I'll send the Holy Spirit, God's spirit. He needs a temple. That's why you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. You can never separate you. Ephesians chapter 4. Then Paul must be an error if we don't believe it. He said for the upbuilding that we will not be tossed to and fro from every teaching and every doctrine and every whatever. <laughs> oh my word. But that we will build up the church that is his body. Christ the head. You cannot say I belong to the head and don't belong to a body. You'll be strange. You cannot say, I'm the body, but you don't belong to the head. The local church is Christ's vehicle. You hear what I'm saying? Christ's vehicle. I asked Pastor Avon Browning to do us a teaching on that. It's Christ's vehicle on the face of the earth. You were called to belong, part of the family. That's why we're not just a gathering. We are a family. We are a family. That's the family that's going to outlive every other family on the face of the earth. My father passed away in 1985 in May. My mother passed away in 2012 in January. Our sister passed away in August, nearly, what, four months, five months ago. And, uh, but the eternal family is going to live forever. God help you to 
<laughs> to exercise it here, how to live with the family. Number three, I'm called to become like Christ. That's why we have discipleship Monday nights. The Jesus Disciple 12. Not that you can be a good church member, a good family member, that you can be Christ-like. Part of him that people can see Jesus in you. Less of us, more of Jesus. There's too much of us and less of Jesus. That's why people do it. Frank Sinatra, I'll do it my way. <laughs> you cannot do it your way. God's way of doing things. Otherwise, you're going to alter the eternal plan of God. I'm giving you the eternal plan of God. <laughs> Love the Lord your God. I was reading last night. He said, with all of your heart, everything. He says, to this instruction, love your neighbor, is, it combines the law and all the prophets. So everybody that operates as a child of God or as a prophet, and he doesn't operate in that principle, I make a big question mark. Let me get to the next one. You call to become like Christ. Number four, you call to be a blessing. That means to serve. Serve. It's not how big your head is or your bank account or what car you drive or what neighborhood you live. It's how big is your towel to serve. Jesus stood up from the table and started washing the feet. Serving. Everything I do that's connected with worship and serving, I serve. I serve. I'm not too high to come by. <laughs> Number five, I call to be sent. It's injustice to know that there's a heaven and a hell and you're going to heaven and you allow other people to go to hell. It's injustice. You call to be that great evangelist he gave you. He made you a new creature. He gave you the greatest ministry, the greatest ministry. Reynard Bonka and Benny Hinn, and if you like them, it doesn't matter to me. They had the greatest ministries to get the lost saved. That's God's ultimate purpose. First, to get the lost saved. My word. Love people. Love them back to God. Called to be a blessing by serving. We said number four, number five. Called to be sent. Make disciples. The eternal purposes of God hangs on two scriptures. It means love the Lord your God. Attorney asked Jesus, and I quoted it. With all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. So there's action involved. Then love your neighbor as you love yourself. <laughs> My word. And the next one is Matthew chapter 28 verse 18. All power has been given me on heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples, followers of Christ. But you first need to follow me so that they can follow you and me through you. <laughs> Of all nations, teach them. Teach them. This is where the seven eternal purposes came. That was his last words. I was thinking this afternoon in Acts chapter 1-8. You will receive power, dynamite. You have the power. Say, I have the power. I have it. So that you can always be victorious and you will be my witnesses. That's still connect to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 to 20. Come on, people. Number six, I'm called to pray. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, little power, a lot of prayer. You must pray individually, then you must pray also with people. God never, remember, you're not an island. We're two touching anything. 
If they can agree, it will be done. Two. Jesus doesn't say 20. He said two people. It's hard to get two people in unity. And this seven eternal purposes help us to get us heart pure, motive pure. Then you see results happen all over the face of the earth. Oh, my word. And number seven, I'm called to be a giver. Generosity. To be generous. To give in faith. Sometimes people, what I have learned, and I gave people words that God's going to make them multi, and they became multi-millionaires, but they also lost it after 10 and 5 and 2 and 3 years. Why? They didn't keep on going in the ministry. It's a ministry. Oh, I don't know everybody has it because that was the quality in Jesus. He gave. He gave everything. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. But he who sows in abundance, because God loves a cheerful giver. That's how people will see. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples by your love. What does love do? It's generous. It wants to give. You can never outgive God. How more you give, how more you receive. Now, I'm not saying hocus-pocus stuff. I'm talking about the word of God because that was one of the things that Jesus died for. Well, I trust you will apply these seven eternal ways of living, the seven eternal ways of doing action, and you will have the promises manifest in the fullness over your life. This morning there were salvations and all kinds of stuff happened and they're going to baptize people. Yes, there's people that want to, if you want to be baptized, send your information and uh, we can help you. But let us know from where you are tuned in. And if you don't know Jesus tonight, I want you to pray this prayer with me because you cannot make it on your own. Well, my tradition, my culture, my, no, no, the South Africans also had a culture. <laughs> that culture didn't bring them nowhere, they in trouble. But it's the church of Jesus, the born-again believer, the ambassadors of heaven, that will change the world, the atmosphere, because of the love of Christ compels me. What must drive me in life? The love of Christ. When you love God, then it's easy to love people. Because then it's easy to love your spouse, your husband, your wife, whoever then it's easy to love people. But if you don't love God in the fullness, it's difficult. You're going to see faults and mistakes. But tonight, if you want to know Jesus, pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come to you right now. I come short of the glory of God. And that's why you came to restore the glory through Jesus, the anointed one. And tonight I call upon the name of the Lord and I will be saved. Oh, my word, thank you for saving me, Jesus. Thank you for putting my name in the book of life. I know it's not the church. It's not the name I belong to. It's not who's my duomeni, my reverend, my pastor, or the father of the Catholic. It's not them. It's the blood of Jesus that set me free and cleansed me. Father, I thank you that on this day I have a life turned around by making Jesus Christ Lord of my life in control. He wants my all. And I thank you for that. If you believe God for a 
miracle in your body. I've seen great miracles. <laughs> there was a time when I suffered myself with conditions and I need a miracle. Then God healed people. Oh my word. I think, what happening to me? I have to stand on the word. But by his stripes you were made whole. He sent his word to heal you from all your diseases. Not certain. All that you can have this abundant life. If you need a financial miracle, Christ became poor so that through his poverty you may become wealthy. It's not sin <laughs> to have wealth as long as wealth doesn't have you. God wants you to be blessed. He prosperous and blessed. He redeemed you from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham can come upon you. Father, we thank you for miracles. We thank you for healing. We thank you for provision. We thank you that the yoke of Satan has been and is right now destroyed in the name of Jesus. You take your hands off God's people, your devil, <laughs> your defeated one, because the blood of Jesus is against you. And you, God's people are called to a great life, a victorious life, and a phenomenal life. Live that life from this day forward in the name of Jesus, the living Christ. Gustav Toy from the Western Cape in South Africa, from Loftal International. Oh my word, be blessed and live the great, phenomenal, blessed life. Until tomorrow, with the keys of faith, and we love you. From our home to your home, you are more than a conqueror, God's champion.